It's Thursday, June 20th, 2019. This is the Hermetic Hour, and I'm your host, Poke Runyon. And tonight we present a report on the modern versions of the 6th and 7th degree initiations of the 18th century Craterapoa. Now, this system was originally intended to replicate an ancient Alexandrian mystery school initiatory program. Manley Hall called it Egyptian Freemasonry. It was created by a committee of German Masonic scholars who accessed the classical pagan works of the Amblicus, Prophory, Diodorus, Plutarch, and others to create an outline for a system of seven degrees intended to convey the secrets of ancient hermetic magic to initiates. But it was far from complete. It was an outline. It declared what was to be taught without providing the actual lessons. When we adopted it as an initiatory structure in 1970, we began to update it with additional source material extending from classical times through the Dark Ages, through medieval times, the Renaissance, and the Rosicrucian era. We made the Craterapoa the repository of the Western esoteric tradition, from King Solomon to the Holy Grail to Christian Rosencruz. We have discussed the degrees from Pastaphorus through Alchemia on previous podcasts. So tonight, we will put the cap on it, the four-cornered red cap, with the final chivalric degrees, the sixth, Astronomus at the Gate of the Gods, and the seventh, Propheta, one who knows the mysteries. So, stay with us, and we'll tell you how the modern Craterapoa culminates. Now, even though we are not going to spend too much time discussing the first five degrees, we should very briefly go over them in order to put the final degrees in perspective. Craterapoa begins with Pastaphorus, which is outlined as the neophyte degree when the candidate is introduced to the system and becomes the keeper of the pillars. We use Pastaphorus to introduce and explain our reconstruction of the ancient Canaanite seasonal ceremonies from the days of Melchizedek, the alchemy of the sacred year, and the beginning of the Holy Grail cycle, which, according to the Nessaean document, began with the death of the year king or vegetation god in ancient Canaan back in the days of Melchizedek. Now, we use a poem called The Cult of the Sangreal as a prologue to this degree. It describes the entire cycle, from Baal and Astarte through King Solomon and his spirits, through the round table of the Holy Grail, to Jesus and Mary Magdalene, the chemical wedding of Christian Rosencruz. In the second degree, Neochorus, we reveal King Solomon's art of goetic theurgy, revealing that Baal and Astarte were transformed into demons by Elon Asteroid. In Melanophorus, the third degree, the initiate does his or her three-day holy guardian angel retreat in which three angels are summoned. Abramelin was wrong. 
there are three HGAs, according to Hermes, Agrippa, and the Lamegaton. Two astrological that you are born with, and one that is your link to God above the zodiac. This is one of the secrets you will not find in any other magical system. In Christophorus, the fourth degree, the initiate is tested and symbolically martyred and enters the celestial vault where he or she receives the ancient initiatic code. Much of this derives from Macrobius and the Orphic hymns and the ancient Mithriatic ritual. The classical pagan symbolism of the Rose Cross is delineated. A symbolic owl was awarded to the initiates, and the Illuminati took the owl from the original Crater Report. We award the owl, and you can pin it on your seventh degree cap. In the fifth degree, the secrets of alchemy are revealed, and we dramatically reenact the casting of the brazen sea. And the story of Solomon, Hiram, and the Queen of Sheba and the mystery of King Solomon's magic ring. All of these first five degrees follow the course laid out in the Nessaean document, leading us to the sixth degree, Astronomus of the Gate of the Gods. This is the first of what we call the chivalric or holy grail degrees. Before the initiate can re-enter the celestial vault to receive the secrets of the great celestial tablets we call the Soma Sophia and the other heavenly secrets, he or she must become a knight or a dame of the round table, which is the zodiac and magical symbolism, and reconnect with his or her astrological and planetary guardian angels as seen in the Grailstone. This process is set forth in Wolfram von Essenbach's Parsifal, which is a holy book of hermetic secrets and connects our tradition with the Holy Grail. And after the knight or dame makes contact, he or she is conducted into the celestial vault and given the secret of making cameos for the outer planets. That's with our 11th sphere tree of life. The labors of Hercules, which if understood, are the key to recovering past and future lifetimes. And finally, the Soma Sophia celestial entablature, which can transform constellations into magical formulas and project them onto the earth and can become a map for voyaging anywhere in the universe with our soul travel boat. For, as Hermes tells us, we can venture anywhere in the universe at the speed of thought. In the final seventh degree, called Propheta, or Safina Penka, one who knows the mysteries, the knight or dame returns to the round table to assume what in Arthurian legend was called the Siege Perilous, a chair which only a perfect knight dared to take, in this case to make contact with the highest guardian angel the Holy Spirit that stays with us through all our incarnations, our link to God and goddess. When this was accomplished, he or she was shown all the sacred objects of the temple and once again conducted to the vault 
where the secrets of the chemical wedding of Christian Rosencruz are revealed, and he or she is introduced to the yoga of the sacred marriage, wherein Jesus and Mary Magdalene visit all the spheres of the microcosmic Adam and Eve, consummating the sacred marriage into Perez and going on up to his head, where they enter the Garden of Eden and again make love, allowing the initiates to identify and thus create their own magical child. In the seventh degree, the initiate is allowed to read all the sacred books. He was given a special cross and a four-cornered hat. We award both. The special cross is called the Eight Wings of El and has eight permutations of the original tetragrammaton, Shamata, which can be chanted to achieve a state of grace. These crosses are cast in pewter and were designed by Fabian from Sancho Niaco's Theology of the Phoenicians and rendered in, in, in pewter and silver by very honored Vladar Sitmak. Well, that's a review of the degrees, but perhaps the most important information we can give you about the modern Craterapoa Reformato is a bibliography of the sources. These are the books and documents that we used to fill out the 18th century outline and bring the system up to date so that it would be a complete initiation into the Western esoteric tradition. Well, let's start with the History and Practice of Magic by Paul Christian, 1860, which was republished in English in, in uh, 1963. And uh, then I'd like to mention the Saragossa Manuscript by Jan Patochki, which was written, published, first published around 1850 and, and, and reissued in English in uh, 1965. And this is this is primarily where where I got the idea of mirror magic from the Saragossa manuscript. And then The Black Arts by Richard Cavendish, 1965, which is a survey of ceremonial magic. And the important thing about The Black Arts is, is that Richard Cavendish frankly said that, that Baal and Astarte were, were the goetic demons by you and Astaroth. And that, and that was was uh, a revelation to me, and that's that's when I went and, and found out how to co- conjure them to visible appearance. And then, of course, there's the Galatian of the Megaton, Mathers, Mathers and Crowley, 1904, and that's the the, the rituals that I that I used uh, um, based on what Richard Cavendish had said about the Yomastera to to conjure both both Baal and Astarte to visible appearance, and then. The key to the whole Holy Grail cycle, from ritual to romance, Jesse Weston, 1920. Now, this book was tremendously important. It was recommended to me by my master, Frederick Adams, and and he knew that I was that I was very interested in ancient in ancient Canaan, and and he knew that Jesse Weston had based her idea that the Holy Grail began, the mystery of the Holy Grail began in ancient Canaan 
about 1500 BC uh, with with the, the blood of the uh, uh, flowing down the river the, the river Adonis uh, from from the slaying of the dying god and that that was where where the whole Grail legend got started according to her she got this idea from the Nessaean document uh, which which in her case was uh, summarized in Price Greatest Hermes by G.R.S. Mead, but he he got it from the writings of Hippolytus, uh, which was published in 1898. And uh, the Nessane document is uh, is a Gnostic, a Christian Gnostic, Valentinian Gnostic um, treatise that links the pagan dying gods and resurrecting goddesses uh, all the way from Isis and Osiris, Baal and Astarte, Venus and Adonis, all the way uh, up to Jesus and Mary Magdalene. And uh, this is, this, it's, it's called the Nessian document. And and we only the only why reason we have it is is that the Christian father Hippolytus tried to discredit it, and otherwise we wouldn't we wouldn't even know about it. Now, next we should mention the Rashamra tablets from Ugarit uh, by various authors and editors in the 1960s. That and, and nobody knew what the ancient Canaanite uh, rituals back uh, in Melchizedek's time were like. Uh, until the 1930s, and they they dug up this this library at Ugarit on the coast of on the coast of uh, Syria. Um, it was it was ancient ancient uh, Canaanite uh, documents with this, the story of Baal and Astarte and and uh, and various other Canaanite epics. So that the Rashamra tablets from Ugarit and 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 in in the in these tablets it says that. That Baal had a goblet to awe mortal man, and and uh, now much of this is confirmed in the Golden Bough by James Fraser, and that was 190. That was uh, well, actually, in 1890. Uh, but I used the New Golden Bough by uh, which is edited by Theodore Gaster, and uh, now. Confirming some of this is a book called The Hebrew Goddess by Raphael Petit. Now, one of the uh, this uh, this is a a book which suggests that that Jehovah had a wife and suggests that she was that she was a starte, but actually, there's there Petit is in error. Because this wasn't Jehovah. This this was this was the original Canaanite god El. Je, uh, Jehovah was the usurper. Now the, then, the history and practice of magic by Paul Christian. I mentioned that earlier. I had I had uh, run across that way back before I uh, founded the OT. That's why I knew about it. And in that book is the initiation of the pyramids, which is a one-degree synthesis of Craterapola that the French came up with in, in the 1850s. And um, we used this first. Well, that was this was our first initiation, which eventually, when we when we found the whole Craterapola, 
uh, which we found in Freemasonry of the Egyptians by Manley, uh, Manley Hall, 1934, uh, we, uh, we used uh, Paul Christian's one-degree synthesis of Craterapoa as our first initiation. And, when, and after that, we moved it, we moved it to, the, to the second degree near Chorus once we found the, the whole Craterapoa. Uh, Freemasonry of the Egyptians, uh, Manley Hall, 1934. That was that was the whole Craterapoa, which uh, which Manley Hall got from um, from John Yarker, um, and uh, following that, Hermetic Sources of the Percival, Kahane and Kahane, 1965. This is a very important book, and followed immediately by Parsifal by Wolfram von Essenbach, 1180-1965. Now, I can't stress too much the importance of Parsifal. It, 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 it's, it is a treasure trove of hermetic secrets and, and, and hermetic uh, wisdom, uh, and... and, and um, Kahane and Kahane, husband and wife team, uh, who did the um, did the book on hermetic sources of the Parsifal, which, by the way, is is ferociously expensive now if you can find it, but uh, they they proved that that the Parsifal is hermetic and that the Grail. The Grail was considered to be a stone that fell from the stars. It wasn't. A, it wasn't a cup, according to them. It was a. It was a stone that fell from the stars, and and uh, uh, they, 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 this this book is just just filled with secrets. And they trace it. Parsifal has a half brother who you who, who if you read if you read it if you read it without uh, the commentary. Uh, you you think he's this half brother? His is an Arab. No, he's not an Arab. He's a Sabean. He's a Haredian Sabean. And the Haredian Sabeans were Hermetic. They were not. They were not Muslims. And and this is one of the one of the secrets in the Parsifal uh, that Kahane and Kahane. Uh, well, they don't exactly reveal it. You have to you have to kind of figure it out. But 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 but, but it's certainly obvious. Now then, the Mithraic ritual. This was an ascension. This was a uh, hermetic. They called it Mithraic, but actually it was it was hermetic. It was an ascension up the up the, uh, the heavenly spheres into the into the uh, into the, the the realm of the fixed stars, um, and uh, it, it, about 100 A.D. It was part of that Alexandrian mystery school, and we use that. And we use that in the uh, Chisiphorus initiation uh, to get people up into the vault. Now, uh, the initiatic code in the vault, the zodiac, the the psychorama in the vault, which is based on that original circle of the beasts in the temple in the temple of Tyre that uh, that Hiram, king of Tyre, had that Alexander the Great destroyed. Um, when he when he opened the gate of when he opened the age of Aries. Now, commentary on the dream of Scipio Macrobius, 250 A.D. and that was published in 1968. Now, 
Macrobius was a pagan, and he he wrote this around in the second in in the second century, and and uh, this is a book that that we like to say would have been would have been in in, in Merlin's library. Uh, this is is a book about the initiatic code, about the souls going up uh, going up the Milky Way and 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 going around the around the zodiac. And then, then following that, the Orphic Hymns, translated by Thomas Taylor, uh, back in the 1880s. Uh, but they are they they are from around 300 B.C. And the Orphic Hymns form uh, hymns to the planets and the gods of the planets and Mars and Venus and you know all of them. And they're wonderful. And and we adopted them. Uh, 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 especially for the Chester Forest degree, and and uh, and uh, Christopher Warnock followed followed suit on that, and and so you can find them in his his planetary uh, uh, history his uh, planetary info book. Okay, instructions to the Orphic adept, Robert Graves. This is a poem that epitomizes all of this Orphic, uh, the uh, the Orphic hymns and and and. And the uh, the Dream of Scipio and whatever it uh, it epitomizes it, and it's from uh, the collected poems of, of uh, Robert Graves. Now the Nagamati Library, and this is especially the Gospel of Philip and the Gospel of Mary in the Nagamati Library. And as I'm sure you're all aware, the Nagamati Library is Christian Gnostic documents that were dug up. Uh, about uh, found night around 1948 uh, in Egypt, and and translated. They finally got translated around and published around 1977. But the Gospel of Philip is <laughs> it's it's the Valentinian sacred marriage, Valentinian Christ, and this this is. This is the key to uh, one of the keys to the the chemical wedding of Christian Rosencruz is the is the Gospel of Philip, and the Gospel of Mary is Mary Magdalene uh, teaching the disciples uh, Jesus's yoga system, and and uh, this is amazing. You know, she she teaches them how to ascend the uh, the psychic centers, and these these Gospels are both in the Nagamati Library, and. Uh, so then let's let's look at Awakening to Divine Wisdom, Johann Gichtel, 1700, and that was published in 2004. And uh, and Gichtel, uh, Johann Gichtel was a he was a um, a follower of Jacob Borm, and Jacob Borm came up with this idea of the Western. The Western Psychic Center system, which is which is a middle pillar, and 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 it's it's, it's different than the than the Eastern system, and that unfortunately the Golden Dawn is is stuck with the Eastern chakra system, and and uh, and uh, the the Western the Western chakra system places, uh, like for instance, places uh, the Moon uh, in the genitals uh, rather than Mars. Uh, which uh, which the Eastern system goes for Mars. Well, Mars is a male. You know that that the idea is is that that Mars is a kind of a male energy, and 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 they want to put that in the genitals because they, they 
you know, these people were always patriarchal. And and one of the things that uh, that uh, uh, Jacob Borm, he believed that women uh, were more spiritual than men. And he was perfectly uh, happy with the idea of the Queen of Heaven, Nuit, the star goddess. And, and, uh, but Gichtel, on the other hand, his follower, uh, was exactly the opposite. And he, uh, and, and, uh, but at least, at least, uh, Jacob Borm, Jacob Borm was, was, uh, had a, had, had the idea of a balance. All right, let's follow this with King Jesus by Robert Graves, 1946. Robert Graves wrote this novel, King Jesus, and, and published it in 1946. And what he revealed in this novel, and of course, uh, Robert Graves is, uh, was, was, the, uh, the poet laureate uh, of, of, of the British Empire, and while he was alive, and and uh, an incredible mythologian and genius. But what he revealed uh, was in this was that Jesus was actually the grandson of Herod the Great. So he really was the king of the Jews, and. Now, there's one little problem, though, with Graves, though. He didn't realize that Jesus was actually very, very pro, uh, pro, he wasn't exactly a feminist, but he, but he was very much uh, aware of the idea that, that uh, women were just, needed, were just as important spiritually as men, and, and uh, Jesus, uh, uh, supported uh, supported the, the equal respect for women, uh, and Graves did not realize this because the reason why he didn't was because very shortly after Jesus died, uh, the Christianity had a brief it had a brief uh, um, period in which uh, women were equal, um, but then then that very quickly got got squelched by the Catholic Church who who wanted to uh, you know be just as patriarchal as the old uh, as the old Judeans and and uh, and so graves graves kind of picked up on that so so King Jesus and, and you don't have Jesus being being sympathetic uh, or or you don't even have him marrying Mary 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 Magdalene however the idea that he was the idea that he was the grandson of Herod the Great, that turned out to be to be true. And that that was um that was followed up in uh, twenty twelve by the Herodian Messiah by Joseph Raymond, which confirms that, that Graves was right about about Jesus actually being. Now uh Jesus however he I have you know even though he was Jewish he was raised in Galilee, which meant that he was not a Yahwehist. He wasn't a he wasn't a lowest, and this is very very well brought out in Jesus the Phoenician by our friend Karim El Kusa, 2013. This is a book that, that that you really should read. And then, following this, let's talk about the lost gospel. That was Will, that was Wilson and Jakubovich in 2014, but that this was this was a, a Valentinian Christian document called Joseph and Hassanet, 
and what it was was uh, a version of of uh, the Hebrew the Hebrew uh, patriarch Joseph and and his uh, Egyptian wife Aseneth, but it was really used as an as an allegory of Jesus and and Mary Magdalene and and uh, and they used Joseph and Aseneth sort of as a as a template in, uh, uh, for this allegory. But it's it's a very important document. And and uh, and Wilson and, and Jacobovich did a, did a popular version of it. But in 2013, the year before they the year before they they published their popular version, it came out in a scholarly work called New Testament Pseudographia, Volume Two, and which is more complete. And there's a lot of a lot of things about this that are very important. One is that the honey sacrament, which we use uh, both in the Craterapola and and in our in our version of the Holy Grail, are both in there. And the uh, so the chemical wedding is very definitely backed up in this. And then of course there's the chemical wedding of Christian Rosencruz by Valentine Andrea, 1616. Uh, with Adam McLean and Joseph uh, and Jocelyn Godwin, 1984, and that—that uh, that is the original Rosicrucian document. Now, um, the uh, as Kennedy used to say, let me say this about that: uh, we managed to discover in analyzing the chemical wedding. We managed to discover how it actually was structured, and I'm not going to mention it now uh, because I think we have mentioned it before. And so we 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 figured out how, the, how astrologically how it was structured, and we culminated uh, the we culminated the seventh degree initiation with our yoga. Uh, of Jesus and Mary Magdalene having their sacred marriage in Tipperith and and going up through all the spheres and and establishing the angels uh still leaving the pagan gods in the spheres uh and 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 establishing the angels and and and, and the spirits of the, of the of the of the spheres that they go up so this is um these are the sources these are all the sources that we used in in uh, in bringing the Craterapoa, which was originally just supposed to replicate an Alexandrian classical pagan Alexandrian mystery school, but we wanted, you know, using it and, and uh, using it today, we wanted to we wanted to bring it up and, and have it and have it serve as a as an initiatory structure for. For the entire Western tradition, all the way from from ancient Alexandria all the way up through the Rosicrucians. So that's what we've done. Now, uh, what I would what I would like to do, because uh, we have time to do it, is read to you the poem called the Sangreal, which we published in 1975, which has become the prologue for the Pastaphoris initiation. And and even in 1975, we, we, we laid all this out. 
And as you'll see as we read the poem, that we laid this this whole this whole sequence out following the Nessaean document. <clears throat> so let's uh, go back to the old seventh ray. The old seventh ray. 1970. I wish I could show you the artwork, you know, surrounding this. Um, and this is what we read as a prologue to the whole modern Crater poem. It was writ on tablets of ancient Ugarits in the days of Melchizedek of a golden goblet of the gods brimming with life's liquor upon the high place. In the time when Abram made souls in the far land of the Star Kings, even in the dreaming temples of Haran, to Cam did he journey and thence to Canaan, where the Zadik, who was the high priest of El, creator of all created in the womb of Asherat, even he who was king in Salem, did give old Abram to drink of the dew of heaven and eat of the cakes of rites his dispensation, and how soon his sons forgot their gift from the Mount of Armageddon. And yet King David sang the mystery of wand and cup, and Hiram, priest king of pagan Tyre, did he not rejoice in the building of the Temple of Solomon, in the lusty embrace of the cherubim, some gold symbol of mighty emanations, begetting prince and princess, Upon the mother of the sea, lords of fire and water, air and earth, the very tetragrammaton. Was not Solomon called a wise and even wizard king, who did confine the two and seventy rebellious spirits in the vessel of brass, metal of the sphere mercurial, with mastery of raising shield and sword of iron? Did he not call them to appear in the triangle of his art? led by the first of their number, Lord Cloudrider, whereupon Solomon did build a temple to his consort, the fair Astarte. Her prince, the very dying god, born from the myrrh tree, whose funerary resin invoked the planet of resurrection, from sacred Apaka, high in the Lebanon, his yearly blood reddens the river Adonis and stains the Marantunum even to this day, when from summer solstice to autumn equinox, he lies entombed in the back of beyond, awaiting the nectar of life, sparkling in her chalice spiraling down through the seven gates of seven worlds, born by the dancing maiden, the eternal princess of the grail. Not a cup of wine, blood of death, in mournful memory of a pale lord returning, not till earth herself lies doomed under a wormwood star. Not a cup of mead, sunborn honeydew of heaven, the very zraw of macroprosopus for a green and horned prince of thunder and his winsome vernal bride. Now these same Tyrian mysteries traveled thence to Egypt of the Ptolemies, 
even to learned Alexandria, where Christ's greatest Hermes did declare in his commander that he had caused to descend earthward a great chalice, a prize for the souls, thirsting after wisdom, the only gnosis of immortality. Is it not true that the urgic masters from far Haran, heirs to those ancients who passed the golem secret to venerable Father Abram, those who yet worship the seven wanderers of the starry vault, Sabaean wizard lords of zodiac and magic, who were sages to the caliphs of Islam, did honor Hermes Trismegistus as prophet, and preserve his teachings with their own arcanum. At the courts of Moorish Spain in the years of the Holy Kabbalah, by the word of she who blackens. Did not those same Sabaean magi entrust their key to the knights and ladies of Monsovat, companions of the Sangreal and Lost Languedoc in the bygone days of the troubadours? And was it not written in the Parseval that in the season of Saturn, the wounded Amphortus did lie in cruelest agony, the land laid waste and barren about his castle, the ancient curse of boat, demanding of the hero a forbidden question. For it was written elsewhere of the grail in those times that its secret would be shocking to the pious, to those self-doomed to lie in earth, prisoned in their moldering husks till judgment day, melancholy spirits, drugged even beyond the grave on sacraments of death. If darkness be the everlasting chalice of light, why then do we fear death? Ah... as an ending. Rather, should we respect it as a voyage beyond, perhaps to service at the circle round? And if, therefore, the call sounds clear in thine heart, inflaming the diamond of thine own rose-red star, know then that thou art of the twice-born, and the great work lies before thee. Initiation is but an awakening and a coming home. The secret of the grail is in the fourfold nature of the work, fourfold within us without, and in subtle realms beyond. Man, even as God, writes with the wand and emblazons with the sword, letters and symbols in a spectrum of fire. Woman, like unto goddess, nurtures the glyphs in her cup, giving them substance from her pentacle, the ineffable vowels. And yet there is that in man which is womanly, and that in woman which is manly. Hence, all tasks of the word should be thine in works of the art. Who enlivens the microcosm shall transcend as a free and winged soul to follow the raven beyond the western gate, where the dragon rides the quarter, marching in procession with the grail to equinox. Even as the seven-veiled goddess brings death unto death, so shall the epic of the self-borns be soon the dawning, when the seekers shall be masters, and the lifeblood shall be light. And so mote it be. And on that note, 
we shall we shall close uh, for this evening. And be sure to uh, tune in next week when we'll be back with another with another revelation of the Hermetic Mysteries. And uh, until then, uh, good magic and good evening.